Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of the impact of cold and wet conditions on a cow's nutrient requirements. To discuss this, I'm joined today by Dr. Mary Janowski, who's a Nebraska Beef Systems Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Ah, thanks for the invite, Aaron. Dr. Janowski, as we record this podcast, we've seen a pretty drastic change in the weather. Snow and cold is now set in. With that kind of conditions, we see a cow's nutrient requirements take a major increase, especially if it's looking at a combination of both cold and wet. Share with us some things that we need to think about and understand as we look at these weather conditions and remember what this impact is to a cow's nutrient requirements. Yeah, so I think the first thing to remember is that we're talking about three different things that affect those cows requirements. You have the the ambient temperature, you have the wind, so wind chill, and then you have basically the condition of her hair coat, right? So is it wet or dry? Wet is a completely different ball game because she doesn't have the insulation that she would if she had a dry hair coat. And then I guess I should add one more because there's another insulation factor, and that is her body condition score. So all those things affect how much energy it's going to take for her to maintain her body temperature or stay warm in the winter. So let's start by talking about the temperature at which they have to start using energy to stay warm. So that's going to increase her maintenance requirement. So how much energy I have to feed her just to keep the same body condition that she's currently at. And we call that the lower critical temperature. And so in a cow who's in good body condition, so like a five, with a nice heavy winter coat that's dry, she actually doesn't start using energy until the wind chill index is below 19. So on a day like today, in some parts of Nebraska, she's going to be using quite a bit of energy because the wind is so strong. Which brings another point, windbreaks are amazing asset when it comes to the winter in situations where we have a lot of blowing uh, wind and snow, because basically then you can bring it down to close to the ambient temperature as what's actually affecting that cow. So wind protection can be a great way to decrease energy needs and thus decrease the amount of supplemental feed you have to provide to your cows. One of the things you mentioned there that I think we want to make sure we don't overlook is the cow's body condition score. So obviously a cow that's thin, uh, she needs more energy than a cow that's in a five or six just to keep herself warm. The other thing is when it gets bitter cold, when we have extended periods of bitter cold, physically that cow at times probably can't eat enough, even of a high quality forage to meet her energy requirements, which means she has to use body fat reserves to to maintain her body temperature. I guess just help us think that through a bit because I think that's pretty important. And also I think highlights the importance of having cows in adequate condition going into the winter. Yeah, I think um, you hit the nail on the head there that basically thin cows are a much higher risk because they don't have as much insulation. And so a thin cow, so a body condition score for cow, even with that dry winter coat, her lower critical temperature is 27 now. So the the cow whose body condition score five is 19. So that means that anywhere, but so let's say the temperature is 19 out. That means that 
the cow whose body condition score five is not using any additional energy to stay warm, but the cow who's a body condition score four is now has an 8% increase in her energy requirements. Because basically for every one degree difference between the wind chill index, assuming no uh, wind breaks, and the lower critical temperature, it's a 1% increase in the energy requirement of that cow. So in this case, we're saying she has an 8% greater uh, energy need than that cow who's in a body condition score five. So if you're feeding them the same thing, what you'll see is that the four cow is lose, continuing to lose condition and the five cow looks fine. Um, so what that what you said is get them in good condition before you start the winter is a really great risk management strategy because then they don't need as much energy in the winter. And also those cows who are fours, you really need to be thinking about how do I keep them from going downhill? And that means you're going to have to provide some supplemental feed to them, which is a whole lot easier and much more cost-effective if they're not in with the cows who are in good condition. I guess the other thing just that I mentioned that I think also is important is there are days or could be extended period of days that it's cold and it's uh, windy and we just can't physically hardly meet that cow's requirements with the feed we have available. I guess just Help us think through that a bit, because I think sometimes we talk about, well, we just need to meet that cow's requirements. But along with that, how much additional energy do we need to provide? Help us think through what we would need to provide in a a decent quality hay or even a little bit of supplemental grain to make up the difference. Yeah, I think I think you, again, hit the nail on the head that you really can't be thinking about day to day meeting the cow's extra energy needs due to the cold temperatures, what you really need to be thinking about is on balance. How do I keep um, that cow in a condition where I want her? Which means that likely on really cold days, she's going to be losing some condition. And on warmer days, you're going to be feeding uh, a little bit extra energy to her that's actually going to put on a little bit of condition. And on balance, we end up at the end in an okay position, if that makes sense. Because it's not really advisable to start changing your rations daily. So what we're really thinking about is like what the weather is currently predicted to get cold for, you know, two weeks. Then you really want to think about, okay, I'm going to up the amount of energy I'm I'm going to be providing to these cows. And I'm going to do it for those two weeks and maybe even longer um, to make sure that I'm making up any difference between what I did and what the cow needs. So Let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. Cause I said 1% energy and probably most people are going, what does that mean? Right? So what does 1% energy look like? So if we think about a situation where, uh, like I was talking about the difference between the 19 uh, degrees and the 27 and that 8% difference in energy needs, well, an 8% increase in energy for a late gestation cow, which is where most of our cows are at this point in time, is about one pound of TDN. One pound of TDN is basically about a pound of distillers, of dry distillers, um, maybe a pound and a third of corn, or uh, two pounds of like a good medium quality grass hay. So I know a lot of people think about supplementing uh, more hay to cows when it's cold out. And that can work assuming that she can eat 
enough hay. And that's where we start getting into a little bit of trouble is those cows who are in lower condition or your young cows, she may not be able to physically eat enough uh, really to make up that difference. And so that's where getting into some of those uh, added supplements may be necessary. Talk through with us just the kind of supplement we should be thinking about based on the diet we're on. When do we include something like whole corn? How much whole corn do we supply? Help us think that through. Yeah. So I think one of the things we uh, probably most people know that when we're talking about whole corn, um, that it can provide extra energy. But one of the challenges can be that, especially if you have forage that's lower protein, right? So dormant range, uh, corn residue, or even maybe some of your lower quality haze, that it can also decrease forage digestion if you're feeding more than two or three pounds of whole corn to a cow. So you might actually not make up as much difference as you think you're going to because you you actually had a detrimental effect on hay digestion. So it's all about the amount of protein and making sure you have enough protein available to make use of that energy that's in the corn without negatively affecting your digestion of your hays. So one thing is if you're going to use corn and you have kind of a lower quality forage base, you might think about supplementing some alfalfa and some corn together to make up the difference. So the other thing to think about is do I switch, right? So some people like, well, I'll just start feeding my higher quality hay at this point. Now, when I'm talking about higher quality hay, I think it's really important to understand this is not like that medium quality hay that uh, probably you're already feeding. This is like more like a 5860 TDN. That can work down to temperatures uh, that's maybe 30 degrees below the lower critical temperature. So like a minus 15 with a dry hair coat or something like, uh, oh, we didn't talk about wet hair coats. And I think that's, uh, that is extremely important. So let's step back a second. So we talked about all of this being dry hair coats, wet, is like night and day different. So cows whose hair coat is wet down to the skin, the temperature where she has to start using energy to make be warm is 53 degrees. I mean, that's just crazy. Like in my mind, if I think about that, but I think you can all recognize if you go out and let's say, you know, your, your pants are wet because you were trudging through the snow, it feels so much colder. Well, the same thing for the cow. No longer does she have that insulation factor of the hair and the air that's in the hair. Now it's slipped down and she's wet. So when we start talking about wet conditions, it's almost impossible to feed enough energy to meet her needs without getting into really high energy rations. So again, this is where we start thinking about if we know wet conditions are coming, we know cold conditions are coming. It's about upping the ration and trying to just buffer the effects, so to speak, and then make up the difference uh, later or earlier, right? So that's why this getting them in good condition before you before this cold weather hits is really, really helpful. Okay, so two to three pounds of corn can be useful to make up some of that difference as long as you have enough protein. Switching to free choice, high quality hay can be another way to make up some of that difference. I mean, we're talking kind of like dairy quality hay here. Or we got another option, which is distillers. Distillers is a good source of energy. And I know a lot of people think about it as a source of protein. And yes, it's 
it's a 30% crude protein, but it's also like a 108 TDN. So a pound of it provides one pound of TDN. So we were talking about that difference of about 8%, one pound of distillers can make that up easily. So you might feed two pounds of distillers. It's not going to make up the difference between a wet hair coat and a dry hair coat, or it's not going to make up, you know, the difference if you have this extreme cold, but it's going to help. And then you can continue feeding it so that you can help her get some of that condition back as we get later into the season. The other thing I think just to be aware of is when it gets so bitter cold and uh, cows are having to go out and work, they're not probably getting as much as they would when the temperatures are more moderate either. What I mean by that is is conditions are such that they may not want to go out and work when it's that bitter cold or they're having to dig through. And so we need to also realize there can be an impact on intake. Yeah, that's a great point, Aaron. And that's another advantage of of feeding that extra hay uh, to cows who who you're asking to go out and work is feeding that hay somewhere near the windbreak. And I think that's pretty logical. Most people know that, but there's an added advantage because she's not happening to go out into the wind now, um, which means that she's going to be using less energy to stay warm. Um, So that's an added bonus of letting her uh, sit there and eat the hay in the protected area. Dr. Janowski, anything we've overlooked as we've talked about this? Well, I think the other thing to remember is we've been talking mostly about dry cows here. I mean, the conditions affect lactating cows the same, but you also have to remember that a lactating cow has much higher energy requirements. And so in January and February, when some people are calving, um, I think you got to recognize that that lactation can pull body condition score down very quickly. Um, So on top of the fact that she's had that extra energy needs for lactation if you add some cold weather come through, you can have a disaster that uh, really sets you up for a real problem in terms of breeding. So again, staying on top of it, having her in good condition going into lactation, making sure that if there's going to be that cold weather that you're actually supplementing those lactating cows is extremely important to make sure that um, you set yourself up for a successful breeding season. And also, we have an article called Helping Cows Cope with Cold Stress, which goes through a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate you joining me today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, hopefully provide some information that uh, will be useful to producers. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find additional information on this topic.